This is Sea Stories, Lives Touched by the Sea, a radio documentary series for East Coast FM. I'm John Murphy. I've been sailing for over 40 years and I'm the presenter of Sea Stories, Lives Touched by the Sea. In this series, I'll be meeting with many fascinating people who have either sailed for adventure or taken to the sea for pleasure and a challenge. Some have worked at sea all their lives. For others, it's a passion or perhaps even a love affair. All have in some way or other been captured or enthralled by the sea's beguiling mystery and allure. I think what we've tried to do in the series is talk to people for whom sailing and being at sea has meant so much to them in their life, has changed their lives, has shown them things about themselves. And it's not a, it's not a technical program about sailing, it's a, it's a program about people's experience and attitudes and what they've learned about the world and about themselves. This is Sea Stories, Lives Touched by the Sea. In one of our programmes, there's a great story of Miles Kelly. He started sailing when he was 50. He had tried golf, he had tried all sorts of sports and he, he came out sailing one day just to see what it was like. This is probably like the first evening we started out here. Yeah. So when we came out, what were you expecting? I was very, very nervous. Um, yeah, and I didn't know what to expect. I didn't want to come. Really? I, I mean, I, I tried all sorts of ball games. Football, no good. Golf, absolutely terrible. It just triggers something inside of me. Um, and I, my, my brother was doing a history of the family and uh, I found a distant relative was a boatman on the canal, so maybe... <laughs> I definitely, the first uh, in, in both sides of the family, an extended family, the first person to ever sort of have an association with the sea, you know? In Sea Stories, you met a couple who sailed the world for seven years. They went away for three months and stayed away for seven years. And they're typical of the sort of people we talk to in this series. They explain how it's captured them, how they just couldn't give up. They kept going. I could stay at home and work really hard. Johnny could be off sailing around Ireland, having a good time. And um, I think after a while, I decided, you know what, let's give this a go because I I felt certain that I could get back to the management training and development in some shape or form, or at the very least be associate faculty again. Um, Had they given me the three-month year year leave of absence, I actually probably would have gone back to the job, and and the story would have turned out quite different than it did. Um, As it is, we we went away for three months and we got home seven years later. We lost a few friends because they drifted away and they probably a lot of them become richer than we were and, and, and maybe a bit resentful about what we were doing, I don't know. I think a lot of people had changed because a lot of people had got caught up in that whole kind of wealth and property and, you know, and, and, and really, like, um, I, I suppose when we were coming back after the seven years, you know, we thought, OK, well, we'll just slot back in. We're going back in to live in the same house, same area. We'll have the same friends. And the truth is, it, it, like, it didn't, it didn't pan out like that because they had changed. But also, fundamentally, like, our values had changed hugely. 
I'll be talking to David Gerrard, who's Ireland's foremost navigator. He is the uh, lead instructor in um, the Irish Sailing Association, the, the top guy that teaches everyone their uh, uh, yacht master and ocean yacht master and all that stuff. And his life at sea is fascinating and entertaining. I'd yeah. love to be able to... Uh, just use a sextant, right? And that's the reason people do... I, I do three courses, and I'm not, not plugging this, just so you know. There's a Yacht Master Coastal, Yacht Master Offshore, and Yacht Master Ocean. And the last one, the Yacht Master Ocean, is purely about using a, how to find your position using a sextant. It's nothing else. But the majority of people that do that do it out just wondering how. How, why, how it was done. And my grandfather did it all the time, and I did it before we had... Uh, once we're out of sight of land. Yeah. Um, there's nothing magic in it, except... Except, I have to say this, I do it now for fun, because obviously I have GPS, yeah. uh, nearly every boat and I bring my own. I do it only for fun, but there is something magic, G- genuinely, just to me, okay. Um, there's something magic about seeing three or four stars and using them to find out where you are, to an accuracy of maybe half a mile, maybe ten miles, but it doesn't matter. But it's enough and when you're using it in deep oceans, it's course, fine. But the point is, those stars you're using, they probably disappeared millions of billions of years ago, and they're so far away the light is still coming. And I can find out, with a bit of luck and a bit of help, uh, where I am from that. And that's, that's, um, that's fun. I think uh, the vast majority of people we've interviewed in the programmes hadn't come from sailing families. They saw it, uh, they saw the boats in Dublin Bay, they saw sailing on television, and they thought they might want to try it. So I think almost everybody has come to it without a sailing background or without a family involvement from the beginning, right? I, I'm that way. I started when I was 15. Uh, to the scouts, <laughs> to the Asgard, and uh, I think just about everyone I've interviewed has been the same. Just drift down on top of her like this. Have you, have you got a boat up ready? I have. Brilliant. We're doing our man overboard drill and we're using a fender, which is the thing you put between you and the marine that stops scratching the hull. And we've just gone about, the boat is sort of heaved to, which means we're just sailing very slowly down on the fender, which is our man overboard person. And we're going to pick him up now in about... 30 seconds. Um, this would be what you would have to do in a man overboard situation. If get the boat back around slowly, get down, get them, first of all get hold of them, which is not that easy when you're sailing. It's much easier under engine, but uh, this is a practice that should be really done on a regular basis. John is out on the rail with a boat hook, ready to catch it. I'm going to try and bring him right up onto it. And I think we have got it. Hopefully it's a textbook job. And he's got it, and he's got it back on the boat. Nice one, John. Maybe a little bit more main in. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it in. The winch. Where are you here. Here. Where's the main? That's the main thing. Yeah, there, yeah. there, here's it. Well, I, I like the idea of uh, just throwing the wheel over, put her in, like with the jib backed. It slows you down and allows you to go straight back onto it. That's and a right. quick yeah, response, creep forward, yeah. creep forward onto it, yeah. Depends that, on the boat. I mean, that was a good test. That really worked, yeah, you know? Yeah. And this boat heaves too well, which is a good sign for the designer of the hull. Yep. Sea Stories. Lives touched by the sea. I hope you'll join me on this series because it's not just about the sea, it's more about people and their lives in the sea. Uh, we look at all sorts of uh, careers and hobbies and, and challenges. And it'll, maybe if you're not familiar with some of these ideas, you'll learn a lot about it. I'm John Murphy. Join me on East Coast FM and here online. I look forward to your company.
Sea Stories, Lives Touched by the Sea, coming soon to East Coast FM. Find out more information about Sea Stories. Go to facebook.com forward slash Sea Stories Ireland or follow Sea Stories on Twitter at Sea Stories IRL.